My question is about osteoporosis. I'm a physical therapist and I feel like everybody and their aunt is coming in with osteopenia. These women in their 40s that look fit and they do yoga. And, um, and then, of course, the ones that are a bit older, they do have the kyphosis and they're more fragile. Um, I know your, your view on the DEXA scan, at least I think I do. What is your view on the drugs? Like, is it, are they ever indicated? Um, not in my practice, they're not. Not that I don't use the bisphosphonates, mm -hmm. uh, which are the most commonly prescribed. I don't use, uh, I, I, I find it unnecessary to use any of the medications because there are very little benefit of uh, excessive cost and side effects. What I do use though, is I, I use hormone replacement therapy because oh. estrogen always builds bone back. Well, you know, you, 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 this is not a religion, folks. It's a matter of doing the best you can to help somebody. I use uh, skin creams as hormone replacement therapy. And this is all discussed on my website and also in a book that I wrote called The McDougall Program for Women. And I also use antacids. I, I take people who have serious osteoporosis. I mean, serious and I put them on a couple of Tums a day. And what do the Tums do? Well, they're antacids and they neutralize the dietary acids that are caused by eating animal products. Animal products are high in protein. The proteins are made of amino acids. The amino acids in animal foods are very acidic. They're called sulfur containing amino acids. They break down to sulfuric acid. So just by, you know, even if it didn't come from the food, just your daily metabolism, you make some acid. So uh, and when you eat the animal foods, you make just a load of acid that you really weakens your bones because your bones are the primary buffering system of the body. Anyway, that's how I take care of somebody as I, I get them to eat a good diet, low in protein, of course, uh, get some sunshine. Sunshine's crucial for health and safe exercise. And then if that's not enough, I'll put them on a couple of times a day and a hormone replacement therapy. But that's really extreme as far as their bone loss goes. These are people having fractures, not somebody who flunks a bone mineral density test. 70% of women, 70 years of age and beyond, flunk the bone mineral density test. Excuse me, 70% of women have osteopenia or osteoporosis? No, they don't. What happens is this is when you're in your reproductive years, you store two pounds of minerals in your bones for the baby, the growth of the fetus, and to breastfeed that baby, you need these minerals. And they're, they're stored in your bones. And then you hit menopause and your body says, well, done with that, not gonna have any more babies. And it dumps the two pounds of minerals. And so that's why you flunk the bone mineral density test because you normally and naturally dump the minerals. Not that the bone strength changes, it doesn't have to shouldn't if you take good care of yourself. But what happens is you just, you know, something you reserve for the time when you're making babies, you don't need anymore. That's why 70% of women flunk postmenopausally. It's a bad test. Be careful. Thanks very much. It's, for it's that. a bad test in the sense that it's used to hook a whole bunch of people on doctor visits and a bunch of pills and shots and inhalations and all kinds of high profit stuff. It's not that it could, shouldn't and couldn't be used in, for some benefit. It's just like early detection of cancers. It's horrible what it does to our population of people, but in some cases it does a lot of good.
you know, you just got to know what you're using the test for and, and not, not use it to not use it as a, a, a large net to cast over unsuspecting people and capture them. It's called disease mongering. It's taking healthy people and turning them into patients. That's what a lot of these tests are about. The bone mineral density tests, you know, your mammograms, your colonoscopies is taking healthy people and turning them into patients. They better be darn sure it works if they're gonna do that and it doesn't. Do you know that Canada in 2019, in Canada, their official health doctrine says you do not get a colonoscopy, just like they joined the European countries. It's only the US and a few other countries that recommend colonoscopy for screening for colon cancer. Canadians are lucky. They, their, their government, their health organization said, hey, this is wrong as of 2019. Don't do it. So um, and when are we going to catch up? Well, industry is a lot bigger than you know, than other places. We're the rich, richest country in the world, and it shows. Thanks again for that perspective. And um, let's go now to uh, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. <clears throat> Hello. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm listening. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, I had a question uh, regarding a thyroid nodule that I have that I've had for a few years. I've started going to a naturopath and she's on, she's got me on progesterone and I'm taking the estrogen that you can just get over the, uh, at Costco. And then she just put me on thyrosin. Um, are any of these going to help the nodule or what can I do? Well, uh, the thyroid hormone will shrink, often shrink the nodule. Thyroid, see, the, the nodules are formed as a result of overactivity of the thyroid gland because of, well, because something's wrong. I don't, I don't have time to go into the details. So you grow these thyroid nodules, which are common to say the least. And unless they become a cosmetic issue, in other words, you have a big bulge in your neck that you can't stand about in public with, you just leave them alone. You know, they rarely turn into cancer. Uh, and there are tests that would help you decide whether there's any possibility of them being cancer. So it's, it's another one of these over-treatment things. Um, but I don't know anything about, uh, about female hormones like progesterone or estrogen shrinking thyroids, but thyroid hormone will shrink the nodules. It's, do it's common doctor prescribed method. We've been using it for years. For 50 years, we've been using it. Thanks, doctor. And now we're going to go to, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, George. Welcome, George. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank the Real Truth About Health for bringing Dr. McDougall to us. And I want to thank Dr. McDougall for writing the starch solution, because as a vegan, after reading your book, I never have to be worried about being satiated anymore. <laughs> I have a question. Uh, Dr. Michael Rieger, says that we should be concerned about the arsenic in rice. And you mentioned that uh, the Chinese have been eating rice for thousands of years. Yeah. Is the arsenic a relatively new problem? Was it always there? Well, what causes the arsenic? Okay, this is, this, is, this is based on a consumer's, consumer's report article that ended up consuming rice as a very important staple. The reason rice has, has arsenic in it is because it's grown in soils like in Louisiana, which were once populated by cotton. And the cotton was infected with boll weevils. 
And to kill the boll weevils, they used arsenic. So in the, in the, the days of growing cotton in the South, the, they contaminated the fields with arsenic. And now when you plant crops on them, the crops will accumulate arsenic. And rice may be a little more efficient than other starches, but not much. Your, your hyper accumulators, you talk about the poisonous or mineral or metals, the cesium and thallium, and about the real serious poisons in the ground. You wanna know who the hyper accumulators are. They're your cruciferous vegetables. They suck up that toxic stuff better than anybody else does. But you don't see anybody worried about that much, do they? And I don't worry about it much either. I mean, you should be eating your green and yellow vegetables. But, uh, but this whole idea that we need to avoid rice, we need to avoid dirty rice. It was grown in dirty soil. And how do you do that? Well, you know, rice grown in uh, other parts of the world besides the United States don't have that problem or don't have it as much. And California doesn't have it as much either. It's mainly in parts of the world where they grew cotton and had bull weevils and they had to poison these little bull weevils and they did it with arsenic. Thanks very much for that, doctor. And up next we have Stacy. Welcome, Stacy. Hi, Dr. McDougal. Where are you doing the um, diabetes? Thing again on Sunday? Are you doing that on Chef AJ? Uh, it will be on, on this, this. We're doing it on the same forum. Oh, yay. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Well, this is the best conference ever. You guys are just incredible. We love you all. Thank if you. you. Can't, if you can't wait, it's on YouTube. Okay. <laughs> I, I literally listen to you like every time you're on Chef AJ and like oh, yeah. well, every place a real opportunity like, to be on her show. She's yeah. a really important messenger to say the least. I'm on our show, Chef AJ, on almost every other Monday. We yes. have a lot of fun. And I, I try out my new material on her show. So that like this, this coming the 18th, you're going to have to hear a lecture called Eggs Are for Easter. And I, know, <laughs> I know it's one day late. You know, it's going to be on the 18th. But uh, I, I felt like it was timely to talk to you guys about eggs and what the problems are and how they're sold, and what the politics are behind them. So that's the lecture I'm giving in a, in a few days. Perfect. I'll share that with my clients. Appreciate I've, it. <laughs> I've done one. They're, they're all, I would encourage you to share with people. YouTube's a great thing, except for all the crazy ads that drive you nuts. Uh, I did, uh, uh, what I did is I'm doing a series of what I would like to, I would like to do if I was your doctor, what I'd like to tell you, and I don't have that chance. If I was your doctor, and you had breast cancer. This is what I want you to know. If you had autoimmune diseases, what I want you to know. If you were overweight, this is what I want you to know. Heart disease, these are the things that would be important before you had heart surgery for you to know. So I've got this whole series that I'm building and I have, I don't know, maybe six or eight lectures up there already of what I would tell you if I had the privilege of being your doctor. And I want you to learn this because you go see the other doctors, they'll have another point of view, I guarantee it. And you need to run what I had to say by them and you can tell them I said so. You can ask them to watch the YouTube presentation or you know, read it out of the books and newsletters I've written. I, I, believe me, I have no problem at all. You, you finding me some challenge from my colleagues. It's been a lifetime of challenge from them. They're fun. <laughs> they're just, they're drug pushers. That's what they are, most of them. I, there are exceptions, I wanna to have to tell you. There are, 
a lot, and I know some of you are reacting out there thinking, well, you know, no, there are a lot of really good doctors. There are. There are a lot of really good medications too, like penicillin. You know, so I, I know I generalize, but I don't think I'm off, off base when I tell you that, that the medical business is dominated by men. So there's a tremendous amount of gender bias and it's a for-profit business. Hospitals, they're in business. Drug pharmacies are in business. You think doctors work for free? They're in business. So you better go in as a, as a well-informed customer because you know, you, you'll be at mercy to them if you don't take that attitude. You ought to go into them like they were used car salesmen. That's about as much respect as they're owed as used car salesmen. They're going to trick you every time they get a chance. And maybe not intentionally. Maybe they're all well-intentioned. Let's just assume they are. But the amount of misinformation that goes on because of money, because of research paid by the food industries and research paid for 70% of the research that I read in my journals has a funding by an industry, 70%. So this is the stuff that's happening in your doctor's office. This is what's going through your dietitian's mind is propaganda from industry. It's just business. It's not a conspiracy, folks. They're not out to get you. They're out to make money. Mm -hmm.